Hello, and welcome to another episode of Special Ed Rising, the podcast, hereafter to be known as Special Ed Rising, No Parent Left Behind. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to join me. Today, we will conclude my two-part series on mindful parenting. Last week, we defined what it is and ways to practice it. Today, we'll touch briefly on the science behind mindfulness, ways it can benefit you, and a little dive into the dreaded, for some, feelings. Boom, 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 boom. And afterwards, there'll be some fun extras to enrich your day and swell your heart. So let's move to the groove and grab us another win. Once you accept your children's basic nature, you can contour your style to meet their temperament. To do so means letting go of your fantasies of yourself as a certain kind of parent, and instead evolving into the parent you need to be for the particular child in front of you. Shefali Saberi, The Conscious Parent The simplified version of how the brain works in regards to mindfulness is this. Negative emotions emerge from the parts of the brain called the amygdala and hippocampus, which are responsible for what's known as fight-or-flight defenses. We've all experienced that, no doubt. Many years ago, I had a student on the spectrum who exhibited some pretty hostile behaviors when he was triggered. This was a beautiful child who, when he was doing well, had a great smile and laugh and was so bright. The flip side of that showed erratic behaviors and a tendency to physically lash out at peers and adults. It was still very early on in my career, and I was constantly learning new strategies to reduce negative behaviors in my students. At one point, in the school year, I had been working with the student's mother connecting school and home in order to establish rewards and consequences contingent upon behaviors displayed in both environments. This can be incredibly effective when done with mindful awareness. Viktor Frankl, again, noted in a man's search for meaning, everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Every minute of every day, you have this choice. By avoiding a knee-jerk response, we allow the area of the brain called the prefrontal cortex to find an old phone booth, cape up, and rescue us, allowing for more thoughtful and reflective reactions. Blissfulkids.com, a wonderful mindfulness resource for kids, states, Mindful practice diminishes the reactivity from the amygdala and strengthens the prefrontal cortex. When the amygdala is calm, it gives the prefrontal cortex what it needs. If we don't respond to a stimulus automatically, the prefrontal cortex will provide us the opportunity to choose the best possible response. This is your free will, your chance to choose the best path forward when responding to negative input. One day there was an assembly in the school auditorium. As we made our way to the area near the stage at the back of the room, this student began acting out. I can't recall if this had been building up for him or that perhaps the size of the crowd and or the crowd noise bothered him or something entirely other, perhaps. I admit that I wasn't as tuned into the sensory aspect of autism at the time, as I was always so focused on climbing the trunk of the strategies tree without exploring all of the branches that made up the complex individuals I was working with. It was these moments that were my training ground. I remember feeling the behavior starting to get to me and I was at a loss in the moment for what to do. I couldn't get him to leave with me, so I decided to pretend to call his mother. A horrible idea, which I rail against now. 
like when parents threaten to call the police and have their child arrested. I completely understand the thinking in the moment. You're frustrated and reaching for anything to fix the behavior. But it's so extreme and comes with no follow-through on the threat. It leaves the parent with no options. If we're not willing or able to follow through on our words, then they're no good to us. And such threats are entirely unrealistic and potentially terrifying to the child. I don't imagine any parent wants that result. I think we're better served considering connecting with our child. Fear and anger can cause us to act in ways that are erratic, frozen, hurtful, or thoughtless. I was not thinking well, and my anger and frustration caused me to do something that could only elevate the negative behaviors. We were so naked in space in that large room and no emergency kit or behavior system in place for the, for the environment. So instead of trying to connect and find calmer, more helpful options for him, I went punitive and it blew up in my face. This was my chance to choose the best path forward when responding to negative input, and I didn't stop to take a breath. According to Headspace.com, the key to mindful parenting is breaking down our day into manageable chunks, moving forward task by task. Being more present, we experience more calm, clarity, and a renewed sense for perspective, which in turn makes room for increased compassion and empathy. A 2017 study by Ritterinkoff, Brun, Blum, and Bogles on the impact of mindfulness for parents and their children with autism spectrum disorder was conducted in a side-by-side comparison. This study included children and adolescents 8 to 19 years old. Findings showed an improvement in children and adolescents, noting their social communication problems decreased and their emotional behavioral functioning improved. The study followed up with the participants twice, two months and one year later, respectively. Parents reported that these improvements remained. For parents, they found improved emotional and behavioral functioning, improved parenting, and increased mindful awareness. Studies have shown that practicing mindfulness can decrease self-judgment and increase awareness of what is. A parent becomes more attentive, aware, kind, and understanding to themselves and when interacting with their children. This stems from the intention to be present in the moment. The way I understand it, after a period of consistent trial, the practice of mindful parenting can become second nature. Your amygdala will work in concert with your prefrontal cortex, and the process will flow automatically to become the way you respond instead of the way you react. I have experienced many parents who, understandably, lose their cool over their child's repeated meltdowns. I personally know how this feels from the perspective of having been a special ed classroom teacher for 30 years. There are obvious differences from being a parent, but I know the flavor. I've consumed a fair share of sour behaviors, meltdowns, neediness, upset, physical assaults, pure anxiety and fear for my students that, when left to fester, would bite me, sometimes literally, in the end. At times, I thought I might lose my mind. So I had to learn to deal with my feelings if I was to last. Does this sound familiar? Understand that I am not unsympathetic to the energy it takes to transition to a mindful place. The simple thought of it can be exhausting. Tend to your feelings? What? Who has time? Who wants to be vulnerable? Who wants to look at themselves to change? Who wants to admit that they might be wrong? It would be easier to just yell and command, expect and demand. But where does it get you? 
So here's what I suggest. This is an acronym I created to help you to love your feelings. L. Listen to what is happening inside of us. O. Open yourself to feel your feelings. V. Verify the reality of the feelings. And E. Empathize with ourselves and the other. Anger is not something to avoid feeling or to repress. We shouldn't ask that of any of our feelings. I want to encourage you to experience them all without judgment. I want you to feel them, listen to them, and give them space. And I ask that you not react to them. Rather, I hope you'll respond to them. Feelings are ours, yet we are not responsible for how we feel. Dr. Flo Rossoff, in her book, Seeds of Wisdom, states, They, feelings, happen to us. We do not create them. And don't forget yourself. Compassion for others begins with ourselves. We cannot give what we do not have. We cannot expel all our energies every day and not take time for ourselves to refuel. Perhaps this may work in the short term, but there's a price in the long term. Taking time for yourself is necessary. I bet you're asking yourself, wow, he had one acronym. I wonder if he has another. Well, the answer is yes. Child and adolescent psychologist Dr. Marina Heifetz created the Tingle approach to responding instead of reacting. T. Time out for parents, physical or mental ones, depending on if it's safe for the child to be alone. I. Inhale and exhale. Slowly breathe in and out to help calm the sympathetic nervous system. N. Name it. What am I feeling? What made me upset? What is my reaction related to? G. Ground yourself. Observe inner judgments of yourself or your child. Focus on compassion and gentle kindness. L. Loosen up. Turn on music. Stretch. Walk. Release energy from your body. Where is your attention? This will help loosen up your mind to see the situation from another perspective. E. Evaluate your mind. Observe yourself. Am I able to think clearly? Am I less emotionally aroused? Am I relaxed? Can I find a solution that teaches my child something about life? Music is a wonderful tool that I use to relax. I have a preset in my car radio to a spa station. I can literally go from Pearl Jam radio where I'm feeling a high level of energy and switch to spa where I can immediately feel my heart rate slow and my body and mind relax. It's really a remarkable thing. I'd like to provide you here with a 30-second or so moment, an opportunity to connect with your breathing and center yourself as you prepare to move forward in your day. And I'll see you on the other side.
Imagine combining behavior strategies with a mindful approach to implement scheduling, routine, daily life skills, communication, and more into the life of your child and the healthy functioning of your home. Now imagine a calmer, happier, and less stressful life. I am convinced that every strategy we attempt can be made easier and more successful through mindful practice. There is a natural learning curve for everything new that your child experiences. It may involve resistance, lack of comprehension, refusals, and meltdowns. So should you just give in or worse, give up? To that, I say no. But without a strategy for taking care of yourself, if and when all the accompanying negative behaviors and consequences already mentioned appear, what is there to do? I'm going to suggest three things to you that I feel every special needs parent finds difficult. One, create time for yourself. Everyone needs time away from the stresses of raising, caring for, and teaching their child. People think this is selfish, but it's not. It's selfish not to take time for yourself in order to have anything left to give. Two, ask for help. And three, set an intention to find some time in your day to laugh. Another way parents can create mindful pause is by using the STOP method. A third acronym? Come on! Awesome! But how does it work? STOP. S for STOP. Wait a few moments before reacting to your child. T. Take a few deep breaths. Breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. Feel your muscles soften and relax. O. Observe. Notice and pay attention with curiosity to your thoughts, sensations, and emotions. P. Proceed. Return to whatever you were doing, responding to your child from a clearer, calmer mental state. Mindful parenting, according to Dr. Barron of the Child Mind Institute, is as simple as practicing paying full attention to our kids with openness and compassion. And maybe that's enough at any moment. Cheers to that. And finally, you know how hard it can be to manage your own feelings as an adult. Now imagine a child trying to manage their feelings. Now imagine a child with emotional, cognitive, and or social disorders trying to manage their feelings. Step back. Pause before responding to your negative feelings. Check in with how you're feeling and then listen. However your child communicates, they're trying to tell you how they feel. Often this is impossible to know, right? Your child may be nonverbal. All the more reason to stop, step up, and tune in. And now for something completely different. Today in Community Share, I have two wonderful stories from goodnewsnetwork.org. The first is about a little girl named Ellie, who created a video to help spread as much information about autism as possible to the classmates at Elm Grove Elementary School in Texas, who would be surrounding William, her brother, who's autistic for the next four years. Sometimes kids or loud places scare him because his ears and eyes are extra sensitive, she explains. Ellie, in fifth grade, who will be attending the same school until next year, says, Overall, he's a kid like you and me, and I hope you'll love him as much as I do.
The next story is entitled, Doctors Thought He Would Never Walk or Talk. Listen to his reaction getting accepted to college. Kevin Mager was born without part of his brain that connects the two hemispheres, and doctors suggested he would never walk or talk. But today, at 18, he sings, reads, runs, plays sports, and loves life. He has also become an advocate and source of inspiration for those with the same condition, called a genesis of the corpus callosum. He says people might not notice he has any disabilities at all, but he has short-term memory loss, has a hard time remembering names, and is hyperactive all day long. After nearly completing high school, he began applying to colleges. A video was created that shows the moment Kevin learned that he was accepted into the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. All hard work has paid off, and the folks at Big Orange tweeted, Get ready for Rocky Top, Kevin. We can't wait for you to get here. This video, which I will attach to my community share page, comes courtesy of Chris Ulmer, whose organization Special Books by Special Kids strives to create a more inclusive world for everyone. It shows the moment Kevin learns of his acceptance. His enthusiasm is a joy to witness, and hopefully an inspiration to parents to never give up on their child, and for those with special needs, to never give up on your dreams. If you have an inspirational story you'd like to share with the world, please submit it at specialedrising.com so I can include it in our community share. I want to thank you again for tuning in today, and I hope you'll join me next week and in the future to hear about topics close to your heart. I'm honored to have this opportunity to share with you here. For more information on mindful parenting, check out my website for my three-part blog series. Also, I'll be linking some terrific mindfulness sites to my community share page, also on the website. All music heard on today's show was composed and produced by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram, at Special Ed Rising, and on my website, specialedrising.com. If you like the show, please let me know, and tell a friend. Also, let me know topics you'd like to learn more about. And until next time, peace and keep rising. Mm-hmm.